Welcome to the show. No, oh, what am I saying? What this? <laughs> it's nothing. Really, it's uh, it's nothing. It. <laughs> it's just uh, <clears throat> it's just vocal minority with Nick and Steve. Have a good time. Make sure your seatbelts are fastened. Okay, you little bastards. The time has come. The moment we've all been waiting for. It's the vocal minority with Nick and Steve Alaprusky. Let's go. Let's go. Let's get ready to uh, jump in the shallow end of the pool and see if the strong survive. It's the vocal minority, after all. We are the strong ones out here. It's just three white guys with another podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, apparently that's a common thing for white guys. Bruce, did you know that? All white people get podcasts? I, I, I did not. No, it's not white people. It's white men. Dude. Oh. yeah, All is, white is, men seem to have a podcast. Did you is know this like an, an Oprah thing like, you get a podcast and you get a podcast and you get a podcast? <laughs> apparently. We were just uh, criticized on TikTok for... Oh, oh lovely. What, what did he say? All you white people, all you white men have podcasts. Yeah, basically like, oh, there's just another group of uh, white men who think that they should have a podcast. Right. And we do. I mean, it's a true statement. We are white men that think we deserve one. So, But despite what you may see in our backgrounds, we're not just set up in our basements doing this stuff. Like, we're professionals, people. Okay. Come on. For crying out loud, we're champions. Champion. That's right. I get that anyone can buy a microphone and hit record, but I mean, I don't understand uh, the comment, not because I take it personally, but because I see women all over with podcasts. I see oh, yeah. uh, black and brown uh, people with podcasts like I, I don't know. Everyone's podcasting. That's a fact. I mean, yeah. some people that shouldn't be, but yeah. hey, it's free world, right? I mean, uh, they'll be decided uh, whether or not they have listeners. We seem right. to be getting listeners. So, yeah, some angry black men. So, you know, we'll take him. Really? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I feel uh, I feel wrong, but uh, it uh, it just sort of seems like sometimes white guys are easy to pick on. I don't think I'm supposed to say that. But um, (laughs) when we become easy targets, I don't quite know what to say. What I said back to that guy was that comment is so funny. I won't even bother to ridicule you. Dude, this is an interesting take that you have. And it's one that's uh, worthy of talking about. Oh, by the way, welcome to The Vocal Minority with Nick and Steve Olabruski. We have a webpage, thevocalminority.net. Socials are there. And we have a new phone number. Yay. Uh, 1-844-48-VOCAL. So go check that out. It's up and running, and uh, you can leave us a comment or ask us a question. Yep. I was the first comment. I'm proud of that. So. And you told us, uh, didn't you say you're going to come and kill us, dude, or something like that? It was yeah. a death threat. Yeah. yeah. I thought I'd start off how the rest of them will go. So there you go. My wife called the phone line to check it out, make sure it was working, and uh, yeah. she left a message, and she was like, don't come out of your house, Steve, and hung <laughs> up. I was like, that, that was creepy. I didn't tell her to make a death threat. Right. It's a natural inclination for us, so that's good. Yeah. Uh, eight four four forty eight vocal And speaking of vocal, man, I'm sounding good today, aren't I? You are a bit under the weather. It sounds like you've been gargling with barbed wire. Yes. No. I'm, uh, I'm recording an album very white later today, so I just thought I'd get into the zone, baby. <laughs> Does your uh, throat hurt? Uh, a little bit, yeah. I'm, uh, just, uh, I'm trying to pick up extra voiceover work, and this is a much better baritone for me. So You just oh, have people good. sneeze in your face when you have a certain line, uh, you know, right. work to do. Yes. I've been dating, so, you know. 
Hey, dude, I'm going to tell you a story real quick. But first, I just want to say this because I don't want to forget about it. Uh, didn't, I was we, at, uh, didn't we have something to talk about? Is that what the yep. story is? Yeah, I'm going to okay. tell you. Okay. okay. Yeah. Picture this, if you will. Okay. Mm-hmm. This is a court case that's happening in court. All right. People are arguing in front of the judge. People are being questioned. It's your witness, that type of thing. Okay. You can't handle the truth. Right. Defense is going to question a witness. The person, the witness on the stand is a black woman. Okay. Mm-hmm. The uh, person questioning her. This is something that happened in Washington and went to the Washington Supreme Court. Okay. Uh, the person questioning her is a middle-aged white attorney. Okay. Woman. Okay. Throughout the questioning, the uh, witness on the stand starts getting really pissed off you've seen it happen in courtroom dramas you've seen it happen in real court cases like sure it's sometimes the uh content is heavy and it can piss people off when they're accused of certain things or whatever sure this black lady started to get really upset and at and at some point in time uh this white woman said to her like uh oh, no. i don't understand why you're so angry and then you know went forward court case got thrown out for racism oh, because yeah. you cannot call a black woman angry right yes we know All that right. you can't well, say uppity or something but why can't you call someone angry no you can't say you're an angry black woman you can't say that because so you can't say an, a black person is angry. Uh, you can't call a black woman angry. From what I understand is because <laughs> there's been so many years of people, white people immediately going to that. Like, you're just an angry black woman. Yeah. Well, if you phrase it that way, that sounds pretty wrong. But if you just say, like, ma'am, you're why are you so angry when she's being angry on the stand? Like. So my question, dude, is that, you know, uh, I want to be sensitive to these things like, uh, you know, I understand uh, the pain and the racism behind certain comments in life and and Whoa. saying, oh, you're an angry black woman when, you know, they're not necessarily saying what you want them to say. But they have a different opinion. Uh, I understand that. I'm sympathetic to it. My question is, this went to the Washington Supreme Court and I'm wondering do we just not now get to say that you're acting angry if you actually are? And who decides if you actually are? Yeah, that's what I'm lost on. Like if somebody, if you're questioning a witness on the stand and they're being angry or whatever the emotion is, yeah, you can't call it out. That that seems, I don't know, I hate using the term reverse racism, but is that not treating somebody uh, less than equal if you can't just simply call a spade a spade? Like I said, calling so uh, calling a black person uppity, like there's a long history of that being racist. I guess yes. calling a black person angry. I'm not even aware of the racial history of that. Calling women angry. I know they hate that in general, but this is, uh, you know, uh, this has been something that's been going on for a while. And uh, basically, I'm looking through something right now uh, with just a couple of points on it. And it says uh, black women don't owe you a stereotype. Black women are humans capable of human feelings. Black women have the right to question and disagree with you without being labeled an angry black woman. Many black women are empowering themselves and speaking up on things that they haven't for a long time. Yeah, that's all fair. I guess I would need to see some sort of video. If if this woman was truly being angry, then obviously it's okay that a lawyer said, why are you angry? We're 
in an open courtroom right now. But if she was just pushing back on the lawyer and the lawyer's like, oh, an angry woman, huh? No, it wasn't like that. It was actually she was calling out her current behavior of like, you know, I, I'm questioning you right now, and I don't know why you're so angry. I don't know why you're so angry. I'm just questioning you. You know, uh, uh, you know, it was said like that. Well, so what uh, the hell? Why did the judge not intervene and say, like, witness, you need to keep, you know, calm and cool? Or uh, no, how did it, a mistrial was declared because of that comment? That comment, because then the witness uh, sued, and it went to the Washington Supreme Court, still undecided. What happened in the lower courts, or did it go right to the Supreme Court? Right to the Supreme Court. Well, I keep us abreast of how the hell that turns out, because that seems crazy. Oof. I mean, are we going to get everybody in the world? You know, like I think about my father, if he was still around and he was, you know, 90, for me to try to explain this to him. Not that it makes it right that he wouldn't get it or listen. I yeah. think he would throw his hands up in the air and be like, you know, I that's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. You know, she was being, she was mad, you know. As you're phrasing it, it is ridiculous. And doesn't this open the door to just any African-American individual to bait the lawyer into calling them angry, and then the case is thrown out? 100%. And that's one of the that's one of the concerns in the Lego community within Washington anyway, is that this opens up a whole new precedent for, again, you know, people to come and sue or people to come and change court cases. I can't, uh, you know, it's just, I mean, it's a mess, dude. Well, yeah. please keep an eye on it because I'd love to know what the Washington State Supreme Court says. Uh, but regardless, I'm pretty sure we're in trouble for even having this. It's like the Seinfeld bit. I don't think we're supposed to be having this conversation. A bunch of white guys debating. You know, oh, whether Elaine's or... boyfriend is is black or not. Right. Well, yeah. you know what? I And I guess anyone's allowed to feel that way. But I'm honestly trying to learn and, and understand, like, okay, if you can't do this, it does seem odd to me. I, I can push back a little bit. I understand uh, that it that it may hurt you, but we get to have a conversation about it, right? You would think. And anyone can be angry. I mean, so yeah. if I'm angry on the stand, does my case get thrown out if they accuse me of that? Well, you don't have the past of being called an angry white man, but the reason oh, I brought this whole thing up. they're painting me as up, an angry, aggressive person, then. Is that not prejudicial to the jury as well? Uh, it's not no, racist. the judge say disregard those comments that happens all the time in court cases i don't know dude i don't know enough about it i don't know yeah i wish i could tell you i'll find out more about it maybe we can continue the conversation yeah the I'd reason i brought it up is because of what you said uh, about you know white men taking flack for certain things like that's also a no-no to talk about like you know over the last four years is like uh, you know you overprivileged white male middle-aged white male like you oh, don't get yeah. to you don't get to talk about anything i understand we shouldn't talk about certain things i am privileged well i'm not saying i'm not i, I still can be shit on i don't I think there's that. anything we shouldn't talk about i, I don't accept right blanket statement yeah so you know well, sensitivities sure but we're also doing a little funny talk show here a court of law is completely different and if a witness is getting out of hand like i don't know i thought lawyers had a, a wide berth to be able to say what they want to say and the judge would and the other lawyer can object and it's stricken from the record like i thought that was what the whole system was but I'll see if i can get uh, i'll see if i can get rachel on to talk about it because uh, she knows more about it than i do well remember don't call david banner angry you wouldn't like him when he's angry no and he can't afford a new clothes dude He's yeah. close. Green men don't appreciate it either. So, <laughs> uh, hey, dude, uh, 
I hope you feel better. We're going to crank through a podcast today. And uh, if you have to rub yourself to get some endorphins rolling, then, uh, you know, we we don't mind. Did you just invite me to masturbate throughout the show? <laughs> if you need to. You I'm just, just saying whatever. You, and, uh, yeah, <laughs> whatever you got to do to get through just one hour, then mm. do it. Interesting. Okay. Does, does that go for me, too? Or, or do I need nah. to? No, no, it doesn't, dude. Uh, if you're ever not feeling well, I will bestow that honor. Because, well, you know, I'm, I'm not currently in my favorite spot to do that. So, yeah, we're not in McDonald's uh, <laughs> in some weird town. Where was it? In, in Malden, Massachusetts. We can only have one masturbating white guy per episode. Otherwise, it becomes a stereotype. You know, <laughs> <laughs> just there. three middle-aged white guys doing a circle jerk and podcasting. I mean, oh, it just boy. doesn't get any more ironic than that. Indeed. <laughs> So, yeah, uh, if you'd like to see some of these comments, find us on TikTok, YouTube, Twitter, X, everything else, <laughs> Facebook. Uh, yeah, call 844-48-VOCAL. And uh, speaking of bad habits like masturbating on podcasts that aren't on OnlyFans, uh, I've got an article here talking about bad habits that actually make people more likable, which seems like a contradiction, doesn't it? Oh, uh, yeah, uh, this would be interesting to know. I'm always trying to be more likable because a lot of people don't seem to like me. <laughs> well, my bad habits make me more likable. Just gets me death threats and admonished by coworkers and colleagues. We'll see if any. Yeah, let's see if you do anything on here. All right. So uh, according to this article, and I don't know if I should be the one reading this, but let's do it anyways. Yeah, you uh, want to screen share it? I'll read it. No, it's fine. Uh, who would have thought that uh, there are habits that make people cringe, but that actually may be drawing people to you? Mm. Uh, this is a common one, I think, uh, certainly on this show and in this country in general. Uh, always running on caffeine while constantly needing a coffee fix might seem like a vice. It can actually be a very relatable habit. And sharing a love for coffee can help you bond with other people. I don't look at that as a bad habit, dude. That's stupid. It's not a bad habit. I mean, yeah, yeah that's why we bond with people over it. Most people oh. drink coffee. It's debatably a bad habit. Caffeine's not good for you, and coffee's really expensive. Oh, breathing in California is not good for you either. <laughs> I've noticed in my uh, dating adventures of recent that uh, there are certain women that do not drink coffee, and they seem to tell me that with a bit of a condescension. Mm, uh, let me ask you this. Uh, do they drink tea uh, arrogantly? Uh, you know, the date I went on recently, uh, the woman begrudgingly drank tea, but was like, oh, I don't drink coffee. Like, oof, you're putting all, I asked for a triple shot. And they were like, oof, putting all that caffeine in your body, huh? Mm. <laughs> that's a red flag, bro. <laughs> Listen, yeah. do you think that's, uh, you know, is she's going to shame you for everything you do if that's the red flag? Right. Caffeine intake? My God. Yeah, she'll get on your ass for, you know, getting a big steak. Or, you know, uh, having a couple of drinks. Oh, you're going to you having another drink. Yeah, I am. You know why? To get to the stay with you. Right. Uh, vaping. Uh, she's not going to like the vape uh, marijuana. Well, I was going to say, don't we all bond over any bad habit? Be it marijuana, be it alcohol, be it sure. uh, golfing too much. Be it like, isn't that a bonding point? Is that yeah. is that codependency though, or is it bonding? You know, uh, I've I guess technically it would be codependency. Be, uh, only it makes us feel better to know other people that are weak. <laughs> you know, sounds like <laughs> a little denial. Like we we love coffee and that's perfectly fine. Yeah, <laughs> I think yeah. it goes to like whether it's dating or friendship. Like you just got to find similarities, shared interests, and vices. <laughs> I mean, we all have vices. So. 
Yeah. Uh, I I do just want to comment briefly on the arrogant tea drinkers, okay, uh, <laughs> that I have found as of late. I just uh, think that it's so funny when the people are like, no, I'll have my tea, and uh, oftentimes I will brew it on my own. I do, I wouldn't use a bag. No, I buy this tea. Right. Well, uh, Come on, people, lighten up a little bit on the tea. Tea's been around for a long ass time. It's one of the first things I could ever think of as a human, right? Yeah, but, but isn't our coffee drinkers the same way? Uh, how picky they are about beans, especially in Seattle, and, and using a French press. And mm. and what about the drinks that people order at Starbucks with like 80 different directions on them, you know, on a half calf decaf with a twist of lemon and no foam whip, you know, crap we're, like we're admonishing others. Don't admonish us. We're, yeah, we're, we're, we're bonding here. here dude. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm just, I'm, just, I'm just saying the, the coffee drinkers are the same way. So oh, absolutely. And by the way, don't most teas have caffeine in them? So what are you even saving? I don't even get it. Yeah. Coffee and tea. You can both get decaf. If you want to have decaf, get a decaf, dude. Don't. But what are saying on my back? What is up with that though? That's like ordering non-alcoholic beer. Like, just have water then if you're going to get decaffeinated coffee. Yeah, I, I drink decaf. Uh, just be, you know, like I drink uh, coffee at night after dinner, and I'll have a decaf cup because I love just the flavor. Yeah, love the flavor. That'd are you like drinking it for the caffeine? Uh, in part, yeah. But do you I enjoy mean, the yeah. flavor on top of it? But if I don't know that I would have just started drinking it without the caffeine kick. Like that's mm. kind of part of the point. You get up in the morning, get a little caffeine in you, and you like the the ritual and the flavor, sure. But that's a caffeine delivery system. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. Lost me with alcohol. It's why I like alcohol that tastes good. Otherwise, I'd just be drinking straight Boone's Farm or Night Train or something. I think I've told you guys this story, but the the Jen has this friend. This woman used to do coke like you wouldn't believe, like just <laughs> copious amounts of of Peruvian gold, like a like a dust buster at all times. She was even dating a Coke dealer for a while. Just massive amounts of Coke all the time. She so one more. So one. She loved the flavor. It was that she was doing. No, no, no. So, so what I tell you all this. Tell you this. We go out to get get coffee one morning with this woman, and she she gets to take a sip of her coffee. And she's like, "Oh my god, I can't drink this." And I'm thinking, "What's going on?" And she's like. She's trying that that Bruce is trying to kill me. She gave me coffee with caffeine in it. I ordered a decaf. <laughs> you want a de- You're worried about caffeine in your coffee with all the amount of what the Coke you do? Come on, right. hysterical. There is no like caffeine free Coke or whatever. Because why would you do it? You know? There is caffeine free Coca Cola. No, I mean like uh, cocaine. Like if it didn't oh, get yeah. you high, why would you be doing it? Same with ca- a coffee or alcohol. Like I don't, I don't get taking the the good element out of it <laughs> and then still doing it. Well, yeah. it's funny. You say that dude uh you know i smoke cigarettes and i uh i smoke newport and that's uh because they're so harsh uh they have these have you heard of zin no yes all right zin is not a sin by the way is their new slogan it's dip is what it is uh kind of yes it's it's a skull bandit kind of isn't it i'm lost what is it yeah uh so this is basically a little package uh of nicotine Mm -hmm. uh like you know they used to put you in little packets yeah okay now this is just no this is just nicotine okay and you don't have to spit you just swallow whatever's in your mouth and it's, you know, flavored with spearmint or whatever, but it's straight nicotine. My point being is that 
I have bought it. I haven't opened it yet, and it's been a few months because I was like, I need to quit smoking. I'm going to just, you know, use this nicotine. Right. I like that this cigarette uh, feels like my it's cutting my lungs with razor blades. You know, like I like that harsh intake of it. Yeah. So... I can't, I can't, dude. I can't. Sometimes you become addicted to, you know, the terrible side of cocaine, the terrible side of cigarettes. You want to be hurt. I feel like cigarettes, though, may be one of the exceptions where nobody starts smoking because they're like, I need nicotine in my life. They want the coolness, the ritual, the the process, the bonding with others, right? Yeah. Then you're hooked on the nicotine. Right. Yeah. All right. Uh, Continuing. Bad habits that actually uh, seem to make you more likable to other people. Constantly checking social media. In an era where being plugged in is the norm, frequently checking social media can make someone seem connected and in tune with the latest trends. Now, we've seen the research where checking social media a lot gives you a dopamine fix. You want to see how many likes you get. It's an addictive habit like gambling is. But, uh, yeah, that is interesting. When you see someone online all the time, do you assume they're they're hip and connected? Uh, I, You know what, dude? Maybe, maybe I used to think, like, wow, they're really connected. And now I just find it annoying. Uh, you know, like, if I see you in person, I require your attention. You know, like, that's why we're getting together, dude. Like, put your phone down. Right. Put your phone down. You know, you'll be able to, like, I'm not a Nazi, like, you know, check it every 30 minutes or whatever and take a peek. Oh, yeah. I mean, if you're socializing someone and they're constantly on the phone, that's definitely a different kind of rude. But sure. one who is that, you know, is routinely on. I have a very short list. Brian and Neil are probably like being the top of them where I just know if I post something, if I go back in 10 minutes, they will have liked it. And there's something about that where I'm like, hey, like, you know, we got a bond. You guys got my back. You're always liking my stuff. <laughs> I can rely on you for a good, solid like, you know? Yeah. Well, that's uh, yeah, that's good, dude. Uh, I suppose. I, I, yeah, I, well, I don't have it, though. I don't want it. I mean, I like it as far as it does make me feel more socially connected to them. But yeah, it's probably an interesting commentary that they're on their phones all the time. I'll tell you what it has done. Social media like that and being aware of what's going on with your friends on social media, even the people that are just like people, you know, that aren't necessarily your friends. It's made it so much easier to see people in public, like to bump into someone you haven't seen in a long time and be like, wow, looks like you're doing great. You know, like I saw you and the kids were just in Hawaii or whatever. It's Gives you conversations for that, but yeah, for sure. What about the other way though? Like, so I'm saying I can count on a certain group of people to always like something right away. What about the people that never like your stuff? Where you're like, what's your problem, Dick? Like, how can you <laughs> never like it? And then they'll do it that you see them in public. They're like, oh, I saw you were in Mexico. Like, oh, well, you didn't like my picture. What's your problem? <laughs> does that does it anger you? Yeah, I don't know if it angers me, but I'm disappointed. You are. Wow, me that's like. interesting. Or how come you're never contributing to this <laughs> online community? Like, we're, oh, you're better than us? I see. Yeah. Uh, I think also part of this dumb question is, like, does it make you, does it make you, what is it? Read the headline again. What is it? Uh, constantly checking social media. Yeah, like, uh, does it make you feel like they're on the up and up? Like, I think everybody's pretty much on the up and up, right? Oh, don't you yeah. think? On the up the and hip up, to happening, like ethical and honest, or uh, yeah, hip and happening. 
Hip and happening, yes. I mean, like, uh, we all know what's going on around us for the most part, don't we? Uh, sure. I mean, th- th- you know, the same thing, like Brian and Neela. As soon as a celebrity dies, I know they're going to post it. Like, I, I feel like <laughs> they're hitting on it, you know? But the that other people funny. that are off the radar, like, eventually I realize, like, hey, we're, that person never does anything. And then I look negatively at them. That's funny, dude, because Brian and Neela, as soon as somebody dies, doesn't matter who it is, Humphrey right. Bogart, you know, uh, they say it right away. Yeah, which makes them look hip. So it, it, it does. I think so. They're connected. They know what's going on. They're commenting. They're posting. Like they're on it. They're a mover, shaker. You know. All right. Other bad habits that uh, actually make you more likable to people. And Nick has talked about this one. Uh, procrastination. You think it's a negative, but a lot of other people procrastinate, so it makes you more relatable to them. Hmm. Uh, as a procrastinator, I feel like I'm constantly being judged by people and maybe that's a me problem, you know, is because that's all I hear, you know? Uh, Yeah. But, uh, yeah, that's interesting. Uh, my cousin sent me a picture, uh, yesterday. My dad collected crap like Brewski and I do have a a garage where you can't even walk, you know, is what (laughs) what I live in. My cousin sent me a a comic yesterday and it was a dad and his son and standing in front of a garage from filled from floor to ceiling. And he said to us, son, someday this will all be yours. (laughs) And my my dad and I constantly actually bonded on that kind of stuff. So we procrastinated together. Sure. I get it. Fine line between being a collector and being a hoarder, right? Yes, that's right. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Rachel would think that I have some hoarding tendencies, though. I mean, that's how she says it nicely to me. Uh, I, You know what? The true hoarder hoards things, any everything. Toil- yeah. Poopy toilet paper or newspapers. Like, you've seen hoarders. Their house is just full of literal rotting food and garbage. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. That's- some of them. But some of them have old just things that could be collectibles i saw one show where the woman who was hired to go in and like you know clean up the hoarder's house or whatever yeah basically took a whole bunch of the stuff and put it on display and now she's like now it's a collection now it's not hoarding that's when you know i like i'm i'm too big of a collector first of all uh i start collecting one thing and i'm like ugh, i'm gonna buy as many of these as i possibly can like i love this you know and then i can't display all that so i put it in boxes you know <laughs> that's yep. hoarding i got a problem yep. oh i know I've, i'm right there with you i mean I've I've got this thing recently of of buying issues of Life magazine from the like the 30s to the 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 40s and 50s into the 50s, but it's mostly that that kind of World War II era, and I'm I'm just been buying issue upon issue of them, and I have them just stacked up on them, you know. It's fantastic. My mom uh, said it. I called me last night. Oh, there you go. Who is that on the front of that one? That uh, hottie. So Rita Hayworth. Ah, and then this gorgeous. is this is one of uh, Kyle wrote who actually I didn't even Love know that you this have these I... with an arm reach. That's what... <laughs> <laughs> oh, because, I, because I, I sit here at my desk and a lot of my stuff is my bookcase is right here. So it's to my right. <laughs> well, the true hoarder likes to surround himself with his items because it makes us feel less anxiety, <laughs> you know, less anxious. Yeah. But my mom called me last night. She's like, what do you want for your birthday? I was like, I don't know. She's like, oh, well, think about it a little bit. Let me know. I would like to get you something. I said, I don't know that I need anything. Like, let's just get together and have dinner or whatever. I want to get you something. I said, well, you know what? You could give me a a storage case for my watches. Uh, She said, I just gave you 
uh, sixteen storage, uh, you know, hold sixteen watches. She said, "I just gave you one for Christmas." I said, "Yeah." <laughs> it's full and uh you know i've got others that you didn't buy me that are full like i need you you're asking me dude do i what do i want well that's what keeps you out of the hoarding category so help, help a brother out mom that's right and by the way next time somebody asks you about your procrastination habits you know what the correct answer is uh what i'll get back to you later ah, i like that a lot dude i will start using that <laughs> Yes. Uh, maybe a similar topic, being a little messy. Same thing. Being messy uh, makes you seem down to earth, but only to other people that also are somewhat messy, I would imagine. Because it's annoying. If you don't live with them. Right. Because <laughs> yeah. I've lived with some absolute slobs. I had a, a roommate that I, a good friend of mine, I was best man at his wedding. I lived with him on two separate occasions. He was a smoker. And he would fill ashtrays up and never empty them. Mm. And then he, what he would it's do gross. is he would use an old TV dinner container he'd take out of the trash and start using that as an ashtray. Yes. I think it's your definition of messy. Because I've been in some women's houses where like, oh, my house is such a mess. I'm so sorry. And it's like, no, you're fine. You just live here. But I, especially when I delivered pizzas where I would get into strangers' oh. homes, oh. some of you people out there are just fucking pigs. And that ain't cool, <laughs> you know? It's interesting, dude, because, uh, you know, uh, as I grew up, I thought to myself, like, uh, oh, everybody, for the most part, on the average, probably keeps their house clean. And when I say clean, I don't mean like it's a museum, but, you know, stuff is put away. Dishes aren't, you know, all over the counters with rotting food. Like, you know, it's clean, but not everybody lives that way. And I would think this is right, that most people, you know, well, it's all of us have to say, like, hey, if I'm coming over on Friday, do you want to pick up a little harness? You know, I definitely would. But if you just showed up, I've had people show up to my house before and be like, are you shooting a magazine cover today? Like, this place is immaculate. I'm like, this is just what it's like. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, I my... At the end of every day, I tend to finish the dishes. I put stuff away. It's a little bit of my OCD, but I, I do tend to keep an organized house. So, I yeah. Know. I would, uh, my house is, this is how dirty my house is, all right? I would like an hour's notice before you come over, okay? But how dirty, what, I mean, what are you cleaning up, though? Is it dishes? I mean, or do you literally just have crap all over the place that would be a, a no, no, buckle? no, if I have any dishes in the sink, I want to do those. Uh, I got to check my cat litter boxes, you know, make sure that everything is kosher. Yeah, that's just uh, normal, though. I yeah. think it's just a normal household. You're living in it. Of course, you got some dishes. Yeah. You haven't done lift dedicated, like, you know. But yeah. but, yeah, some people are freaking pigs, for sure. Can, can I share something real quick? Please. I went on a date with this woman. She had me over to her house. This is when I was living in Seattle. And I needed to use the restroom. I go into her bathroom. And so she lives alone, female. So okay. the seat is, the seat is down. Well, I only have to urinate. So I'm going to be the nice guy, and I'm going to lift the seat. Sure. That was my mistake. I lifted oh. that seat, and as soon as I lifted it, I saw, I caught a glimpse of the underside of the seat. Yeah. I pulled my hand back as fast as I could, <laughs> and the seat slammed down. She comes over knocking on the door. Are, are you okay? Is everything okay? Uh, no problem. No problem. I'm like, I, I, I'm washing my hand under scalding hot water, and then I'm standing there just trying to make sure I don't pee on her seat. And I look to my right, and her my tub bottom. has a gray ring around it. Uh, that's and just I, dirt, dude. I mean, that's okay, but you dead skin. The underside of that toilet seat was like 
Yeah. And, and I've, then, I've come across that at people's house before, too, when I lift the seat up and I think, oh, that is so nasty, dude. I I've also seen poop spray yeah, on that underside. Like, oh, my God, what so are you doing in here? It, it happened again when I was at uh, Jen's friend April's house, uh, except this time I lifted the seat with my foot. And as I left my seat with the foot, I could see the same thing. So I mentioned this to Jen, and she's just like, oh, yeah, yeah. well, you know, women don't clean underneath the seat there because they never see it. I'm thinking, think Ew. about all the germs that are, that, are, that are hovering right there by your little lady, you know? I mean, <laughs> yeah, or big lady. <laughs> yeah, uh, exactly. Listen, you know what? That's another thing that grosses me out in the bathroom is that uh, do you flush the toilet without closing the lid? No, I, I, I've seen the scientific studies before, so I try very hard not to do that, which is part of why I hate urinals. I hate the sensors nowadays that flush yeah. for you because right. it often will do it while I'm still standing there zipping up. And I'm like, ah, cloud. Like, let, yes, I will try to hover closely while I'm zipping up to like, make sure I don't trigger that thing. And yes. Then and then it's a tap and run. I want to do a tap and run, you know, like, yeah, I don't want all that crap in my face. <laughs> now, it's one thing if somebody has a meticulous house, but you find little things. Things like that they forgot under the toilet seat or the cobwebs in the corner like i'll cut you a little slack but if you're just a disgusting pig like yeesh. well and there's the you know what therein lies the the real thing we should talk about is that everybody everybody has their little things that i would think it was gross you know like everybody has their little things that they let go uh snot on the mirror that type of stuff like you know like i clean that before people come over though so right but i mean that's like if i just popped by like everybody has those little things in their house that like yeah i do that you think that's gross Uh, i'll tell you mine is that i clip my toenails and I never throw them right away. I put them in a pile on my nightstand, and maybe I'll wait a couple of days before I throw them away. That's hilarious. Uh, You're clipping your toenails in your bed? Uh, sitting on sitting on the side of the bed, you know, so uh. my butts, my <laughs> my feet are hanging off, you know, and I put them over my knee and trim my nail, nails. That's hilarious. And I just put them in, like, you know, a 50-cent uh, diameter yeah, just put them in a little pile. I'll leave them for a couple of days. I want to see how long they take to age and dry out, and then I throw them away. Wow. That's oh. like procrastination, hoarding, and messiness all lumped into one. Oh, it's not wow. messy, dude. It's put in a very symmetrical, <laughs> nice little pile, dude. Like, it's, I'm almost worshiping, worshiping <laughs> them. It's a little odd. That's funny. There have been once or twice, I will tell you, like uh, with a girlfriend where we spontaneously come up to Tahoe or whatever and we stop by my house. I will immediately grab, you know, counter cleaner, paper towels, run up to my bathroom, make sure I get that stuff off the mirror, off the counters. Like, right. You're not getting into my house without me at least going and doing that. You know? Yes. Yeah. No, that's what I'm talking about. Those things that if they did see him, they'd be like, Nick keeps toenails on his nightstand <laughs> like he's sick in the head. Yeah. I think that's weirder than shaving pubes outside, but I don't know. Maybe. It's just... <laughs> what you? Where do you trim your toenails? Over my bathroom sink, and then I rinse it all down the sink. Over your bathroom sink, you sit on your counter. 
No, I put my foot up on the edge of the counter and clip them. And oh, go, wow. Oh, I can't well, do that. I'll take yoga. I mean, <laughs> like, I'm, I'm going to sit down and, and get to business. I got a I got a huge kit of tools, you know, that I need to use. What is your gross one, Brewski? You got anything you want to share with the group? Jeez. And make sure that it's something that we'll still be friends after you tell us, please. <laughs> we may want to come to your house someday. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know. Um, or at least tell me how you clip your toenails. I, I'm curious. Oh, how yeah. Well, I mean, I, I, sometimes it's, I'll put my foot on the toilet seat and do it there, or I'll put it on the edge of my tub and do it, in, do it into my tub. Okay. Well, that's uh, similar to what I'm saying. I can't, I I can't but I can't, I can't, well, I can't, I can't do it in my bathroom, my, uh, my bathroom sink because my bathroom sink is, is kind of up high and. Well, but let my, me get this straight. You guys are, you guys are bending over to trim nails. How do you yeah. just like cut it and run? Are you done? I mean, my knee would be up near my chest because it's up on the edge of the counter and I kind of lean in. Yeah, sure. All right. Yeah, I clip it and clean it up immediately, rinse it down the sink. You see how my my ankle is up on my other knee right now? <laughs> yeah, you just have yeah. your legs crossed, one leg yeah. over your other knee. That's how I trim my nails, my toenails, and then I'll swap for the other foot. But my uh, clippers, all the nails go into a little compartment. So I don't need to do it over a bathtub. And then when I'm done, they're all in a little compartment. I open the lid, put them on my nightstand. What aren't you... Okay getting about this first of all i've never heard of a clipper like that that's actually sounds fascinating so put it, it on does, the yeah stocking stuffer list for next year uh but why the hell if you have them all organized do you not just dump them in the garbage what do you like about this bedside table ritual <clears throat> i want to see them age okay i want to <laughs> see them dehydrate and it usually it happens within 24 hours which means i should drink more water but uh aren't you infatuated by your big toenail like sometimes that it's so sturdy and i play with them like i bend them you know yeah. to see how strong the captain they are of the toes that's that exactly I will do. right i'll okay. bend it in half or something and you know play with it for five seconds and then throw it down the sink or in the garbage <laughs> no dude you should let it dehydrate for 24 hours and then try and bend that bad boy dude hilarious uh, you're like an antiques collector nick likes the patina <laughs> on his toenails <laughs> i do by the patina on it antiques yeah. roadshow it's my yeah. weird thing dude uh, we all got one brewski's just not revealing because he can't think of it right now but it'll come to you someday brewski well, Brewski probably assumes it's normal, and that's why it's not popping into his head. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that could be right. I, I have a lot of weird things I do. So interesting. All right, well, continuing the list of bad habits that make you more likable for some reason. I didn't realize this was a bad habit. Uh, laughing at your own jokes. I do that all the time. So I yeah. think I'm hilarious. <laughs> it might seem self-indulgent, it says, but if someone genuinely finds humor in their own stories, it can be infectious and lighten the mood. I think that's the distinction right there that, you know what, like my sister is so stupid. I mean, she's not funny, but she thinks she's funny. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. And she laughs so hard at herself that it gets me laughing. You know what I mean? Just because right. I'm like, why do you think that is so funny? That's funny. If a guy is sitting around and, you know, like, I went to the bar the other day. Ha ha ha. You know, like uh, if he's cheesy about it, but if he's real funny, I love it when people laugh at themselves. Yeah, I don't know. 
I'm not going to say it if I don't think it's hilarious, unless I <laughs> dry cut off to let you do something. Like, I, I often laugh at it. Right. Or I'll just be in the kitchen cooking, and one of my kids will be like, what are you giggling at? And I'm like, oh, did I? Uh, yeah, I was thinking something. I thought it was hilarious. So my inner so, monologue. Right. So one, one, one night I was telling Jen a story that I just thought was hilarious. And I'm just, I'm dying laughing over the whole thing. And she starts getting angry at me. Like, you know, I, I. With, I can't understand get the whole story right. with you laughing so much, right? Right. And, and she's like, she's not saying, really? Really? I can't believe you're still laughing at that. She's getting so, and the more angry she's getting, now it's making <laughs> yes, me laugh right. even more. Now it's not the story. It's the fact yeah. that you're getting mad at me laughing. And so it just funny. went on for, I had to like get up and, and leave the room for about a good 20 minutes and come back. That's funny. I don't think it's a bad habit. I don't know. I used no. to up. We played on the show all the time. It was uh, something from uh, American Dad, Seth uh, McFarland. It was the guy just saying, that's funny. I'm funny. Yes. And I pulled yeah. that because I think that all the time. Like I say, I'm like, that's funny. I'm funny. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I have pissed Rachel off more than once laughing in bed like that at worst. She's just like, Nick, I'm trying to go to sleep. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> that's what's so funny right now is that you're trying and I won't let you because I can't stop laughing. I, I think that's the funniest shit in the world. So, yeah, laugh at yourself, dude. Yeah. How about this? Because, Nick, you do this, and I think I do it, too. I think all of us do it. Uh, talking with your hands. Well, it might mm. seem overly animated. Use your hands while talking can convey passion and enthusiasm about a topic. Yes, I, I think so. I, I would appreciate the animation from people. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it means you're into what you're saying. You're, you know, I think it's good. I remember in broadcasting school, I had a teacher. Uh, we had these little in-house radio stations, and there was a window where they could watch you. And she oh, yeah. sighed afterwards, and she was like, I don't know if you know that you do this, but you talk with your hands when you're on the air, and it helps convey the emotion and the inflection in your voice. She was like, it's a good thing. Keep doing that. Agreed. No, yeah. I think so for sure. I mean, I think everybody appreciates people who talk with their hands. That's why, uh, that's why everyone loves trump dude i mean he's oh, always right. you know moving yeah. his hands <laughs> he does do that that's for sure yeah i will say this though i used to get pissed at my old man because my old man was so good at, so good for this sort of thing where he'd be like you know what jason that's your problem and he would point <laughs> and he would get his finger like this close to your face and i'm like I just do not do that. Yeah, because that's completely different than, you know, talking with your hands and yes. that sort of thing. Oh, yeah. no, let, let me stop and do what you want. And I'm just like, oh, <laughs> just stop already. I love that. That's funny. I love it when it's happening to you. I don't like it when it happens to me. Yeah. What's the one actress, Marley Matlin? She's always talking with her hands. Like, the lady. <laughs> You're so bad. You're such a bastard. Hey, she, I'm laughing at myself because that's funny. This is so funny. She's yeah. deaf, people. She has to talk sign language. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Next thing on the list, uh, things that are bad habits, quote unquote, but might actually make you more likable. Uh, being a picky eater, having a specific food preference mm. or being a bit uh, fussy can lead to interesting conversations yeah. or shared experiences at the dinner table. I hate it, dude. I hate picky people. I said it. I don't like them. Uh, yeah, I, I don't want to hang around with a picky person. I don't think there's anything fun about that at all. Yeah, that's a tough one. I mean, uh, you know, with kids, that's a big thing. Kids are picky eaters, and that can be frustrating as a parent or whatever. But as an adult, I mean, 
that's a tricky one. I mean, first of all, if I'm in any sort of business setting or on a first date and somebody serves you something, I'll just eat it just to be polite or whatever. No matter what it is? Uh, pretty much. I mean, unless there's a food allergy or something I just despise. <laughs> right. Yeah. But well, I will tell good. you, I was on that uh, nightmare date a couple of weeks ago, and um, uh, the woman brought sandwiches with uh, slices of the tomato on it. Yeah, I'm fine with tomato for the most part, but this sandwich was so thick I could hardly get it in my mouth. So I took the slice of tomato off, and <laughs> she that. she commented on it like, "Oh, not a tomato fan, huh?" And I'm like, hey, "Why don't you just let me eat my food? <laughs> Analyze what I'm eating." Yeah. By yeah. the way, I finished it at the end. I ate it separately, but like, let me. I'm, I'm an adult. If I don't want the Brussels sprouts, I won't eat them. Oh uh, yeah, it's, I think you that's know it's funny. it's like when you have a barbecue and you. And like Jen used to always have all these vegan and raw vegan friends and yeah. and we'd be having to have, you know, vegan options at, at the thing. And then I'd have to clean uh, a section of my grill and then double and sometimes triple foil it so they can mm. so they can cook their not dogs. Who the hell is inviting <laughs> them vegans to my damn barbecue? I don't want them there. I don't know. I say, let me be, you know. I remember on my first date with uh, Jamie, my ex-wife, she had made some dish and it had, I think I had like sunflower seeds or something. And I just sort of ate around them. Like I ate everything else and I thought I was being polite, but she did the same thing. Like, oh, not a fan of my cooking, huh? I didn't want those sunflower seeds. Like, I just, I, I, everything else was good. I just ate around them. Why don't you mind your own business. All, you should eat any. I'll eat anything, dude. Even stuff I don't like. I just, you know, uh, I'll just eat it. Just eat it, dude. <laughs> like you're at somebody's house. Like, just eat it. Well, most, can't you most, get to a comfort level, though, where you can be like, all right, listen, I don't like artichokes, actually. Can you not? Like, Yeah, that's yeah. something that they should be able to learn about you for sure. Yes. But uh, you know what, dude? This is funny. You bring up kids not being picky or whatever. I'm going to tell you that Coden is the pickiest person I've ever met in my life when it comes to food. Mm. And like a lot of kids, and this is bad for you, by the way, if you don't know it, parents, he chicken fingers, French fries, cheese pizza, and a hamburger with just a plain bun, no cheese. That's what his staples are, okay? Okay. I've always been trying to open his palate up a little bit, okay? Yeah, he he was over at our house, and uh, I'm trying to figure out what it was. It was something innocuous, like uh, chicken pot pie, you know, something like that. I was like, Coden, you got to try this." He was looked at me and shook his head. No, I was like, "You got to try it, buddy. Like, try you this like food. Gravy? You know, this is really good. Like, you're gonna like it." Mm, that Shakes his head. I put it in his mouth eventually, <laughs> forcefully, right. and. Let the kid be. No, dude, no. It's he needs some nutrients, dude. Uh he You're starts die. <laughs> he started crying and throwing up. Yeah. Okay. And you get that to get a is, complex now. No, we've talked about it since, but that is ridiculous. Yeah, you can't swallow about, that. We'll talk about it in therapy for the rest of his life. Uncle Nick forced <laughs> me to eat sunflower seeds or whatever it is. Like I, it, 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 he ate it by a lot of pressure. Yeah, uh, it, you know, yeah, I told him, he, he, try it, buddy. You got to try. <laughs> You're going to try this before we get up from this table. I was so mad, dude. What? And I was like, please try this food. You eat, you've eaten three things in 10 years of your life. Three things. 
Come on, dude. What are you gonna do? What do you do? Yeah. Who, does, who doesn't like gravy though? I mean, come on. Come on. It's not like I was trying to feed him beets or something, you know. As you're applying logic to children. It does it doesn't work that way. Because I went through this for years with Crosby. And he would, you know, there'd be some element like he'll like tomato sauce on a pizza, but not on spaghetti. And you're like, there's no logic there. Just eat it. Like, you know, it frustrates us adults. But yeah, you're gonna give the kid a eating complex or an eating disorder. You gotta let that stuff evolve on its own, you know. Yeah, well, he's fine, dude. He's fine. We go. We, I mean, I eat sushi with him now, so which is ironic. So, right. I'm, I'm, you want to do positive reinforcement when they finally decide to do something. I had an incident when I was in, like, I think the second grade. We were in Florida on a vacation. We had gone fishing, and we caught this fish, and we were cooking at the house. And I don't like fish. And I tried, like, a bite, and it was fish. It was fishy. It was gross. Sure. My dad made me sit there at that table hours everyone else was gone just shaming me that you will clean your plate and i dusted and catch up eventually and just choked it down i never touched a fucking fish for 30 years like, <laughs> it, it, it completely backfired like sure yeah. you got me to stomach it but now a i'm 48 and still talking about what you did to me in the second grade and b i hated fish forever no, dude. Listen, he was trying to teach you a lesson. My parents did the same shit, dude. That's the generation we grew up in. Yes, the you lesson eat is your what's dick, for dinner. Yeah. <laughs> you eat what's for dinner and finish it, dude. There's people starving. So finish your meal and eat it up. My mom used to uh, make me, sometimes I wouldn't drink my milk fast enough and it'd get warm. Yeah. She would always tell me, like, you're going to drink that before you get up from the table. And I hated warm milk. I had to do it, dude. It's just made me a stronger person. My grandma used to say, you know, there's starving kids in China. And I'd say, yeah, name one. <laughs> That's what, what you're going to do. You're going to ask my leftovers to him. Well, nope. she'd be welcome to do that. I'm sure you would have been like, yes, send it to him. Let them have it. Yeah. Did your parents exactly. force food down your gullet, brisky? Uh, you know what it was? My, if, if I wouldn't eat it, my old man would would eat it, but then you weren't allowed to have anything else after that. No dessert, nothing. No, 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 no. Like, like nothing. Like you couldn't have a sandwich later on if you were uh, hungry or something like that. It was like, well, that's you fair. Had, you know, that you had dinner. It was right there in front of you. Yeah. My mother, my mother used to make chicken legs all the time. And as a kid, I just was. I to this day, I don't get into drumsticks and I don't get into thighs. I just don't. <laughs> to this day, exactly. You know, and by the um, way, I agree with what you just said. Like, I would do that too. Like, all right, you don't have to eat it, but that's it for the night. Like, you're cut off. Yeah, so. exactly. Yeah, no yeah. snacks, no, 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 no sandwich or, or anything <laughs> like that. You know, it's funny, dude. It's funny. Does Crosby have free reign to eat whenever he wants? To eat whenever he wants? And yeah, well, I mean, if he's sitting in his bed at you know ten o'clock at night and he's starving, could he come out and just make something? Well, yes, but that was an issue for a while. He was hiding like crackers in his room, and that's how he was <laughs> eating. And so right. that had to be addressed. Like you can have a snack if you had a good dinner, but you can't just snack to get out of you know eating whenever. So <laughs> yeah, he yeah. was hiding yeah, with, crackers in his room. <laughs> yeah, that was a big thing. Yeah, but uh, yeah, with kids you got to be careful. With adults, I feel like. Like you said, first date or a business meeting, you just suck it up and eat it. But at some point, just be respectful. If your girlfriend doesn't like something, like, what do you care? Like, just don't cook that. Thing. You, you know, I'll tell you that Jen has done a few things cooking wise that were just not up my alley at all. Like one time, I don't know why the hell she thought this was going to be good, but she put cinnamon in pasta sauce. Mm, that's yeah. uh, was there gorgonzola cheese on it? 
No, she was cooking pasta sauce and she put cinnamon in it. Like so, marinara pasta sauce? Yes, that's mm. what I'm talking about. Like, so so she thought that I was being out of line <laughs> and and, uh, and that sort of thing. Now, here's the thing, though. She, gets the, she got the pasta sauce recipe from her very Italian grandmother. So I called grandma up and I said, grandma, you know what she did to your recipe? And then the next day, Jed comes home from work. She said, did you rat me out to my grandmother? <laughs> That's and I was funny, like, you're damn right I did. Well, family shaming. Yeah, <laughs> Yeah, exactly. She's smart. just like, do you know how much I, the entire ride home, I had to listen to my grandmother tell me what how wrong I was for me to put cinnamon in, in her pasta sauce. <laughs> That's funny. So as we roll to the next uh, item on the list, the point of this one is that I should not force feed children. Correct. All right. Anything. Obviously, dude. What are you talking about? Are you a sex offender? No. Leaving it open-ended. You fill in the blanks. So, All right. Last thing on the list, because we're running short on time here. Uh, this is debatable, and no pun intended. I'm running short on time. Bad habits to make you more likable. Being slightly late. Keyword, I guess, there would be slightly late. Mm. Uh, at this point, is uh, they say it makes you seem a little more casual, a little less rigid if you're five or ten minutes late. Uh, this is my personal buffer for, uh, you know, like if if I'm telling somebody I'm coming over there, most of the time my buffer is uh, 15 minutes, you know, like if I, if it's 15 minutes after five, I'm I still consider myself on time. That's a big (laughs) buffer. I don't know. You'd be, well, you like people in a timely manner. And if I know that about someone, obviously I'll be on time, but I'll give you a five minute buffer. 15. I don't know. Yeah. And by the way, you were like seven, eight minutes late today for the podcast. And what did you do? Yeah, I'll let you know. Yes. And then that's fine. If you communicate with me, hey, I'm running late. I need five more minutes, 10 more. Then I don't care. That's fine. But just sitting around like it's 115. Where the hell is Nick? Like, no, that's that's getting too late. Yeah. Well, let me say this. That's uh, if I'm going like if my sister's having people over and I'm not the only one coming, there's other folks coming. I figure I can be, you know, within 15 minutes. Oh, well, parties are different. If a party starts at one o'clock, you're weird to get there at one o'clock. I think it's actually at least a 30 minute acceptable window. Get there between uh, getting there. One. That's weird, actually. Like yeah. if you and I are meeting up, let's let's meet at my house, go to a movie at one o'clock, then get there at one one oh five. Sure. Let me know yeah. you're running late. But if I'm just like, hey, we're having people over tonight, you know, party starts at one, then no, it's weird to get there right at one. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, Bruce Gary, are you a punctual person? You always seem no, on time for the podcast. No, not at all. Really? Okay. Yeah, no, 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 no. I'm You're an Uber driver. Don't you have to be punctual? <laughs> Well, like for for crap like that, I mean, I, Uber gets me there for a scheduled ride. I'm there like 15 minutes early. But but if you're asking me to come into work on time and all that stuff, I mean, it was a running thing for a while when I was producing the morning show at KJR, where where I would be showing up at like 10 minutes to six and stuff like that. Yeah, that's a killer. Yeah, I always yeah. thought if you're on time, you're late. Like if the shift starts at six and you get there at six, you're late. I was taught that, too. Uh, And it seems to fade as I get older, (laughs) you know, as far as like for my shift, I'll be there on time. That's a guarantee. If I'm expected to start my job at one o'clock, I'll be there by 1255, you know, like, uh, you know, I will never be late. But I used to get there an hour early just to be like, I want to make sure I don't get stuck in traffic. I want to make sure this happens. You know, you never know what's well, going to happen out there. Well, you know what it was for me at the time was driving from Tacoma to Seattle and also 
the 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 hour of the morning I'd have to wake up. And on top of that, I'm still getting calls at like 1130 midnight from the host of the show saying, you know, we got to do X, Y, and Z tomorrow morning. Well, dude, mm. if I got to be in at like 530 or whatever, you got to give me time to get some rest, you know? Right. Yeah, now no, that I get, but especially in our industry, radio, I mean, there's an expression, radio waits for no one. Because if you're on air at 6 a.m., you got to be on air at 6 a.m. You can't show five minutes. That's five minutes of dead air or something. Like, Completely. our industry, I think, is ingrained in, in me, but I've always been that way. I'm never late for anything, and if I am, uh, you better believe I'm texting you or calling you, telling you. I've been in an accident or there's a delay on the highway. Like, it's never, I just, like, didn't do the math right and didn't leave. Right. Like, something. Yeah. And that's, that's fair. Communicate. So, yeah. I don't know. And in my dating world, I, I'm impressed when a woman shows up on time and it's a big freaking red flag. My first two dates with Dottie, she was an hour late. Like, that's insane. You know, that's, that, that, that's insane right there. And she was Something. communicating, but still an hour off? You judged this all that poorly? Like, yeah, that's 10, 20 minutes late. An hour? But, See, that's when it borderlines on like you. Oh, you don't respect me. Like you don't like, respect my time. Yeah. Yeah. Let me now, just sit here in the restaurant waiting for you in the lobby. They won't let me get a table until you get here. Well, I mean, I, it's one thing, I suppose, if somebody is a parent and they've got something with their kid that's happened. You okay? I can I can understand that, but it can't be a, a you know habitual thing where you're a half hour, forty five minutes, an hour late. <laughs> It's like, no, I, I'll go home. One time with Dottie, I got tickets to a concert that she wanted to see. We got there as the guy was doing the encore. Oh, no. Yes. That's a no-no, dude. Oh, was, I, I, the only reason I didn't freak out is because it wasn't my concert. Like, if it was Pearl Jam and you did that to me, I'd be freaking out. I it was your money, though. You bought the tickets, didn't you? Well, I mean, it was through the radio station, so I didn't tell oh, okay. the money okay. out. Okay. It was the old, like, I just got home. I'm leaving in 30 minutes. I'm like, you're leaving in an hour easily. Like, there's no way you're leaving 30. And then, yeah, like, it, yeah, we literally walked in while the guy's doing the encore. <laughs> oh, oh. I'd be so pissed off, dude. That's, yeah. Exactly. She so, was perpetually late for everything, wasn't she? Pretty much, yeah. But according to this article, this should make me like her more. <laughs> yeah. My dad was late for everything. Sometimes by days, mind you. Okay. <laughs> Uh, my mom used to say, you're going to be late to your own funeral, dude. He would always, you know, be, he was traveling salesman. I'll be home on Monday. And then, uh, just no, no calls Wednesday. He'd roll up, you know, like yeah, that would drive me nuts. Yeah. My sister came out of my mother's vagina and he didn't show up for four days. <laughs> well, anything involving vagina, I'm there on time. Super speedy. Right. Yeah. All right. Well, we got to wrap things up. But uh, apparently these are I, I feel like we're just in, in, encouraging bad behavior now by giving you bad habits that apparently make you likable. But take it for what it is. That's what this society is all about. Excusing our poor behavior. Yeah. yeah. Justifying vices as we start it off the show i guess so. that's right uh we are the vocal minority with nick and steve all brewski see our webpage, please yeah the vocal minority.net uh find us on all the social medias and uh we have a phone number nick yeah it's brand new 1-844-48-VOCAL all right call us use your telephone as a microphone oh that's brilliant i like it it's the vocal minority with nick and steve all brewski <laughs> Hardest, you are so funny. Please, Brewski, if you will. Goodbye. And we say bye-bye. Test one, two, test one, two. Stop.